What would life look like if our good intentions were inspired enough, empowered enough, and challenged enough so that all those dreams became real, tangible good in the world? On Practice Good Podcast, you will find authentic stories, challenging conversations, and real responses that will inspire, empower, and challenge your social impact journey. But this isn't all. Good business and good programs and good social enterprise are only as good as the health of their leader. And on this podcast, we will pay special attention, not only to the good that we give to the world, but to the good that we live within ourselves, our soul care. Welcome to Practice Good, a podcast for changemakers. I'm your host, Shiloh Kashima, practitioner of good, pastor, and mom of two spicy Nigerian littles. Get ready as we turn your good intentions into positive change. Hey, 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 everybody. We are back with episode number three of the Practice Good podcast, and I am Shiloh. I'm so excited to jump in to today's topic. So we are going to be talking about really kind of the 101 of social impact, you know, the foundations of that kind of cornerstone beginning. So if you are new to this idea of social impact, social enterprise, social entrepreneurship, social innovation, all these things, this is the podcast for you. And I am excited because really we're just going to dig into what are these terms and is there a difference between all of them? What do they mean? And how can we, what can we learn from that? And I think this will really help us as we journey through practicing good in the world and bringing our good intentions into practical, real, tangible good in the world. So let's get started. Um, First, let me just tell you, I remember when I started grad school and I was just this little girl from California who loved people. And like I mentioned on our first episode, I was a pastor and um, just loved people, did missions, all these things. And I was accepted into this big grad school that I was sure had made a mistake by accepting me. And I remember my very first class, I did not understand a word in the class. So what I did is just pull out a notepad and I literally began writing down every every single word that the professor said that I did not know. And I came away with a massive list. I could have been overwhelmed that day, but I chose to take it one step at a time. Um, Granted, I couldn't follow the conversation in class, um, so I knew that I needed to look up these terms and really begin to understand what it was they were talking about. So when I went home, I really began to research all these definitions, and by the time I'd looked up every single one, all of a sudden, I understood the whole class, and I began to think, wait, I knew all of this before, I just didn't know what words they were using for those things. And so I realized that I knew more than I thought I did. And I wasn't really that inexperienced. It was more that I didn't know the nonprofit social impact lingo. So it's just like any industry. If you do not know the lingo, it kind of separates those who are in from those who are out. And what I learned is that all you have to do is learn the terms and you begin to put the pieces together and realize what you already were participating in before you even came to this place in your life. 
So let's get started. I want to talk to you about the definition of the term social entrepreneur. Now, this is kind of a tricky one because you really have to define the word entrepreneur first. You can't really define social entrepreneur without the word entrepreneur. And so we're going to start there. And this is going to be a little tricky and it might make me lose some friends. (laughs) But um, let's get real about what entrepreneurship is. Entrepreneurship is not simply about owning a small business. In fact, it's not even about network marketing. Entrepreneurship is very specific. And if we look at the Stanford Social Innovation Review, it says that being an entrepreneur is an innate ability to sense and act on an opportunity combining out-of-the-box thinking with a unique brand of determination to create or bring about something new in the world. So it's basically somebody who creates a solution that wasn't formally existing in the world. They are innovators. They are people who create stuff, right? Um, And uh, you can be a business owner or a small business owner or a network marketer or any of those things and be an entrepreneur, but those things alone don't make you an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is someone who has a history of combined success. It's funny because even in the Stanford Social Innovation Review, it talks about how a lot of times people aren't considered even serial entrepreneurs until they have had one success. So you hear all these stories about entrepreneurs who had multiple failures, 15, 16 ventures before finally the 17th one actually actually hit and actually worked. And it's funny, up until that time, they're really not considered entrepreneurs. They're considered business failures. And then when that one finally works, they're considered an entrepreneur. So really the definition is a combined history that leads to success in something that creates a solution that is not already created. Um, So that's really what an entrepreneur is. So what does that mean about social entrepreneur or social entrepreneurship? Um, Essentially, it's the same thing. It is somebody who creates a solution that was not formally creative, but the bottom line with a social entrepreneur is not for profit, for the investors, or for yourself, but it's really to bring about large scale change and value transformation to a society or a significant part of society. And I would even go to add, it could be the world. It it doesn't necessarily have to be humans. It could be dogs. It could be the environment. It could be anything that creates good in our world and offers a solution, right? Um, Oftentimes, it's targeting the underserved, the neglected or highly disadvantaged populations in our community community that lack resources to fund the project themselves. So an entrepreneur has the investment or the funding or the ability to create revenue to sustain the idea, where a social entrepreneur really doesn't have that funding. And those they're serving really don't have the funds to create the initial investment. So it's something that often has to be funded 
externally in order to keep something good in the world afloat. So really a social entrepreneur is someone who sees kind of disproportionate power in our world, marginalization or suffering, and really identifies opportunity to shift that equilibrium and create a pathway to release trapped potential or alleviate suffering and ensure a better future for people. Um, this, all these ideas you can find um, in the Stanford Social Innovation Review and a lot of other resources out there. One example of social entrepreneurship is um, is called the Grameen Bank, and it's really by a man who um, years and years ago, um, Muhammad Yunus, who started funding people in developing countries who really had no access to credit and no ability to get loans to start small businesses. So he started microloans. And you may be familiar with this. It's out there in the world now. A lot of people are investing in microloans. But essentially, in a lot of parts of the world, there's no access to credit to start businesses. Unless you're a middle to large size organization, you don't have access to do that. So you're living on a day-to-day um, subsistence living just enough to meet your na- your needs daily. And then if you create an additional income, you have nowhere to put it. You can't put it in a bank. You don't know where. So you hide it under your mattress. And if something happens or, you know, there is a world disaster, a natural disaster, or somebody raids the village, um, those things can be lost in a moment, your entire life savings. So um, Mohammed Yunus actually won huge awards for this, the Nobel Peace Prize, and still today gives microloans all over the world to people to get out of subsistence living and create a long-term financial investment in their future and grow that for them, their family, and their children. Isn't that cool? Another term I want to define for you is social impact. Now, I've been throwing this around a lot and I use it quite often. And I'm, I'm going to give you a, a really good definition I like from the Center for Social Impact Strategy. And it says, social impact is a significant positive change that addresses a pressing social challenge. Um, this was a quote from Michigan Ross Center for Social Impact. Overall, it's about contributing greater good to the world. So social impact, I think, you know, could actually be negative as well. But in our term and the way we will assume meaning to it is that it's always positive. So it's any kind of social impact where, you know, it's what you're leaving in the world. So, you know, what you take from the world and what you put back on the world and it's the revenue of positive change that's left in the world. So that is social impact. A lot of different organizations have or could have a positive social impact. So, of course, the Grameen Bank has a social impact. Um, Colleges have a social impact. Um, business innovator, like um, what do you call them? Incubators have a good social impact. Nonprofits have a good social impact. There's lots of social impact. And then there's organizations and companies that leave a bad footprint in the world or the environment, and their social impact is not so great. But here, and for purposes of this podcast, we will use the term social impact to be able to define positive social impact in the world. 
Next, we're going to talk about this term called social innovation. And I want to pull some information from Stanford and their Graduate School of Business because I really like how they talk about the term social innovation. Social innovation is the process of developing and deploying effective solutions to challenging and often systematic social and environmental issues in support of social progress. Whew, that was a mouthful, right? This could come from anything. It could come from a nonprofit, a for-profit. It could come from private sector. It could come from the government. Um, all these different types of you know ways that it could come. Social innovation is basically about developing solutions. So social innovation can be and is a part of social entrepreneurship, but social entrepreneurship is not always social innovation, if that makes sense. So you can be a social um, entrepreneur and have socially innovated, but you could be a social innovator without actually being an entrepreneur or a social entrepreneur. Does that make sense? Um, the concept of social innovation focuses attention on ideas and solutions that create social value as well as processes through which those those solutions are generated regardless of where they're coming from. So that's super exciting. Let me give you an example of some of these. Um, one of these is a project that was around several years ago that I really, really love. And it's basically in 2008 when we hit a recession, one of my good friends, Sarah Kayungo, she and her husband decided to do something innovative. Um, she had recently lost her, she was laid off at the recession. She was a person who fundraised with major donors for a development, international economic development organization. And in that time, she had an idea. Her and her husband stayed at a hotel and she used the bar soap and realized they're just going to throw this away. So she went to the manager and said, what do you do with all your extra bar soap? And they were like, we throw it away. She said, can I come and collect this every week? And will you give me the used bar soap? And they were like, Okay, probably thinking she's a little strange. And then her and her husband, Derek, went around the city and began to ask other hotels. And eventually they started collecting pounds and pounds of soap, used soap. And what they realized is through a process, they could actually clean, sanitize, and recycle this soap and reform it to use it in developing countries. And that's exactly what they did. Sarah and her husband are from Uganda. She was a sponsored child from World Vision. She grew up, went to college in the United States, and began to raise funds for organizations like the one that she was sponsored through. And so she had this idea. I will take this soap. I will send it back to Uganda after it's been reform, sanitize, and repurpose and recycled. And we will use that for people who really struggle with getting um, hygiene supplies. And in that, her and her husband were recognized by CNN. They became a CNN hero. And the rest is history. So more people are clean in the world. And those who didn't have access to these simple hygiene products now do. This is a social innovation. She didn't start a big company. She didn't um, make mass amounts of money. She didn't do all these other types of things, but she did create an innovation that changed lives and brought social impact to the world. 
There's also other other forms of social innovation. Um, sh- uh, let me let me talk to you about one that I work specifically with on a project in New York. So when I was in graduate school at New York University, I worked with an organization called World Vision and a program they had called the Youth Empowerment Program, or YEP for short. <laughs> and um, one of my friends, Christina Reyes, who was in charge of that, we became close at the time. And I did a program evaluation for her. And essentially what she did was she took kids that were often at risk um, and hanging out on the streets or in trouble with school or the law. And they became a part of the youth empowerment program. They were taught every day after school about civic engagement and how they could make a difference in their world through politics, lobbying, and standing up and advocating for themselves. And at the end of the year, they would be sent on a trip to Washington, D.C. to do exactly that. Christina later went on and started her own charter school called Inwood Academy for Leadership. And she takes young people who are at risk and gives them opportunities to change the world. So these are, these are different forms of social innovation. There's also social enterprise. Social enterprise is, um, there's lots of different forms of this. And according to socialenterprise.us, organizations that address a basic unmet need or solve a social or environmental problem through a market-driven approach are social enterprises. I want to give you some examples of these. Um, You could look at Goodwill, where they are selling Um, through thrift stores, different products, and they're employing people that need jobs. Also, one of my favorites is Grayston Bakery. Grayston Bakery is all about making brownies in order to employ people. Now, what they do is they don't have applications. They don't do background checks. It's a first-come, first-served basis, and they give jobs and hire from within and promote from within for people with all different backgrounds. And essentially, your interview and your application is showing up on time and working hard. And through that, they built out other services to help people. Um, they did. They built out low-income housing, childcare, and a 24-hour um, lawyer hotline for those who needed law help. The cool part about this is they created a partnership with Ben and Jerry's and. If you've had Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you have actually eaten their brownies. They get all of their brownies from Grayston Bakery, which is so exciting. So a social enterprise is essentially often partnership between for-profit and non-profits in order to utilize their skills and fill the gaps between the two organizations. Um, This is super exciting. Another example of this is the glasses company, Warby Parker. They also partner with an organization called Vision Spring, who gives glasses to low-income communities in developing countries who can't afford them. Another one is called Thistle Farms. I love Thistle Farms. I used to live in Nashville, and um, they create corporate partnerships and utilize their handmade gifts and candles to fund a abuse home and a recovery center for women who have who are victims of abuse and violence. They also have now developed a coffee shop, and so they're self-funding. This is also a social enterprise because of the partnerships that are created and also because of the income and revenue generation that is brought in through their own services and products. Isn't that exciting? 
I love it. And finally, I want to give you one more term before I let you go for the day. But this one is simple and fun and it's for you because you are a change maker. I want to define for you the term change maker. If you go to Ashoka.org, which I love them, they're a great resource. Look up their definition of change maker, which says people who creatively and imaginatively solve problems for the good of all. And their, their kind of campaign right now is that everyone is a change maker, that the people we serve are change makers because they are the grassroots, they have the grassroots understanding of what change needs to happen. So I love that, empowering everyone to be a change maker. John W. Gardner said, bet on good people doing good things. I love that. That's from the School Foundation, and that is also a great resource if you're looking to learn more about social impact, social innovation, social entrepreneurship, head over there to school.org to learn more about different programs, opportunities, fellowships that are available for those who are interested in these types of things. Now, there are all different types of structures for these things, nonprofits, for-profits, and something called B corporations, which I encourage you to look up or look into. It's basically organizations that are technically with a for-profit bent, but have to go through a deep level of scrutiny to be given certain benefits by the government to show that their goal is a social bottom line. Now, nonprofits are not necessarily not making profits. They have to make profits to stay afloat. But what it's saying is just making a profit is not enough. A for-profit company says, hey, as long as your profit are better than your loss, then you are in the green and you're good to go. But a nonprofit says, yes, we need to be in the green, but also there's a social impact bottom line. And that is something that requires program evaluation, which we'll talk about in another podcast. So there are so many different organizations that I could give you that are examples of these different type of structures, but I'll talk about those in a later date. Today, I just want to encourage you to dig deeper into some of those options. What are you? Are you a change maker? Are you a social entrepreneur? Are you a social innovator? Um, are you trying to just do what I call good business? Business that is good. It's a for-profit business that cares about the social bottom line. Um, what do you consider yourself? Are you partnering between organizations, nonprofit and for-profit and participating in social enterprise? Um, I would encourage you today to look up all these resources I've shared with you. You can also go to usa.gov or to nolo.com and learn what different structures you could use in order to get your good intentions into some type of valid structure to begin um, living out your dream in the world. The problem is there's often a lot of good intentions, but we don't know what to do for the first step. So take that step and learn what those structures are. Try to figure out what's best for you. Are you generating your own income? Do you just wanna generate income and then give back? Maybe you're a for-profit. Do you want to 
um, start a foundation. And that's a whole other thing. A foundation, your sole purpose is to get money and to give money. Um, are you a nonprofit? Do you know that your bottom line is never going to be about finances, but you definitely need to have money coming in? Or are you some type of hybrid in all of that? Are you a B corporation? And I would encourage you to look those things up. Every state is different. Your state is going to have different requirements than my state. And it's best if you look those things up and really decide what is good for you. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that 101 of social impact, our foundations to social impact. Whether you are a social entrepreneur, a social innovator, a business owner, whether you are a pastor, whatever that is, whatever you consider yourself, um, I hope that you found this podcast to be valuable and something that empowers you and equips you for taking the next step in your social impact journey. Make sure to head to iTunes and give us a review um, and make sure to share this with your friends. Again, you know, we're just starting out. We're three episodes in and I look forward to getting the word out and empowering more people to live out their good intentions in the world. So share this with one or two friends who are dreamers like you and let's get started.